0: Drama on One. Sundays at 8 pm. RTE.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Drama on one is offered as a podcast at RTE.ie forward slash drama on one and of course here on RTE Radio One on Sunday nights. On the eve of this bank holiday honouring the pagan, Christian, feminine divine that is Bridget, tonight's play is Wrapped by Tracy Martin. Lisa's complicated love life reaches a crossroads and Ali is facing eviction from the flat she shared with her mother. Lisa and Ali meet at a job interview and go for a drink. Together they make a plan, concoct a plot and take a plane. A finalist for Best European Drama in the 2019 BBC Audio Drama Awards, tonight's Drama on One contains language and themes of an adult nature. This is Wrapped by Tracy Martin.
1: <laughs> Mr. Kelly, the landlord stood over me in his cords and jumper, bouncing the keys to his jeep, pretending to be all sad
2: about my ma'am. She was a very lovely woman, your mother. Very polite. Kept this place on tip-top, always on top of things. Now, other landlords would have gotten greedy, an apartment like this. But when she told me about her predicament, about her illness, well, I thought, God, the last thing I can do is put the rent up, even though the bank has me by the... Uh, so I'm really hoping, Alison, that you'll be able to keep up as well because I'm going to have to put it up by 50 quid a week. Now, Will you be able for that? The raise? On top of the arrears that you owe me? Now, I didn't want to put any pressure on you while your mum was so, but but you know, I'm glad that she had her last moments here, Alison, that we were able to afford her the luxury of dying here in her little apartment. I gave him the
1: obligatory, sad, knowing smile, nodded and hoped that I wouldn't have to actually say the words thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting my mother rot in this flat. A flat. Not an apartment. A flat. And thank you. Thank you for waiting a whole three days after I buried her to come and demand your money. Jesus. How was I going to get my hands on money? All I'd ever known for an eternity was Mam and her illness. I stood in the doorway watching him freak out. Watched him rifle through drawers, bags
3: go through pockets. He'd a stain on the arse of his grey tracksuit bottoms, been wearing them too long.
2: Keith, oh,
3: Or as I called him,
2: Where is
3: Gobshy. He'd been at a party and lost drugs he was meant to sell. I don't mind going out with a dealer, as long as they're a good dealer. He'd a couple of hundred pills in the inside pocket of his jacket. Had gotten too bleeding high, put his jacket down, and then they were gone when he put it back on. He started going mental at everyone around him. Accusing them of all sorts. Got thrown out. Came home to me in a rage. Turned the flat upside down in case they were there all along. I followed him round watching as he went through every room. I was mainly just watching to see if he'd go through my stuff. I knew he wouldn't, though. See, I took tacks off every batch of drugs he brought into the gaff. Peel out every bag and a couple of taps of cocaine out every wrap. A steady stream of notes out of his wallet. I used to call it blowjob tax. Then I just started to call it tax. He went through his jacket again. Took out some tin foil that had lines of black tar on it. Hit underneath with a lighter and curled up the ends so we could smoke it. He was smoking heroin.
2: Heroin? Right in front of me. Problem? I didn't answer. Gosh now. Got this down the flats. Give you your name. Got it on tick.
3: Couldn't remember a time when I didn't hate them.
1: I answered an ad online.
3: When you come from where I come from and you're used to looking at filthy syringes and bits of tinfoil.
1: They were looking for staff at a new nightclub in town.
3: When you're used to looking at gangs of kids and, and all you can do is predict in your head. Junkie, prison, dead. The last thing you want to see is your fella smoking it.
1: Couldn't believe it when they called me in for an interview.
3: Club tempo. Open and soon I knew one of the bouncers Got him to swing me a chat with the manager
1: Sat waiting for an age to be seen Only decent clothes I had were from the funeral
2: <laughs> Well look Lisa, great stuff You're exactly what we're looking for If you could start tomorrow night You'd be doing us a massive favour
1: Yeah, of course, whatever you need uh,
2: y- y- You okay there?
1: Oh yeah, hi I was here for the interview But listen, no, it's cool For hostess? Sorry <laughs> You're being interviewed for the hostess job? Oh, no, no, cloak cloakroom. I was coming in about the cloakroom job. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: Christ, I was wondering. Well, congratulations, you're hired. Uh, see you both tomorrow night. No, actually, you know what? And he was gone. She
1: stood looking at me. How are you? I'm Lisa. She stuck her hand out to shake mine. Ali, I'm Ali. Her phone buzzed.
3: I was Keith. Paranoid. God, i be wondering where I was needed to avoid him do you fancy a drink celebrate our new careers
1: oh I don't know Come on. and she took my hand and led me through the winding back corridors of the nightclub out into the street and across to the nearest pub the last hand I'd held was my mum's shrunken claw as she lay staring at the ceiling as I sat and prayed for peace to come to her Lisa's hand was strong and full of life and I didn't want her to let go She told me she was breaking up with her boyfriend. Couldn't stand him. He let me down. Prick.
3: Years ago. No way. How do you let you down, if you don't mind me asking? I'd only been seeing him a year. I was 18, and I got pregnant. Ah, shit. No, I was delighted. Okay, cool. But he wasn't into it, and neither were my old pair. God. But I wanted it, though. I wanted a baby. It was going to be a boy, and I was going to call him Fionn. That's a great name. But you know what they did? The three of them? Me ma, da, and Keith?
1: yeah. No, I mean, no, I don't. What what do they do? Bought two tickets to Liverpool. Keith said we weren't ready to weigh. We're
3: going to have kids, but not now with no money, just weigh. I begged him. I didn't want him to leave, because he said he uh, would. He sounds like a... My first time out with this shit country.
1: After a few pints, she offered me some coke. I shocked her by saying no. We'll call it a night, so. We passed by my place, my mum's place, first on the way home.
3: Do you mind if I use your loo?
1: She was up the stairs before I knew it I chased up after her, mortified Everything was still there Pads, nappies, medicines, gloves, the lot All piled up in white boxes Mam's cot was still in the sitting room The humidifier Lisa stood staring around her What's all this stuff for? My mum She... The words croaked out of me She's only gone a couple of weeks I haven't been sitting round with this stuff, like, for years or I'm not some sort of weirdo. It's just nobody's been to collect. She took both of my hands this time. Her strong, warm hands grabbing mine, holding tight enough to tell me it was OK. It's
3: OK. It's OK.
1: Why didn't you say, Aunton"? What did she...
3: No, it doesn't matter. Don't cry. Look. looky. Eh, the first thing you need to do is open a window...
1: No. no. And it was open. Cold air rushed in and the sound of the street broke the staleness. With that one movement she had changed the whole makeup of the room. No, I wanted to close it. I wanted the stillness back. Come on, I'll help you. I don't want your help, is what I wanted to say. I'm not ready for my mom to drift out that window. Don't touch anything. But I didn't say. And we went to work. Window stayed open and every three minutes the traffic lights would beep. We cleaned and packed, cleaned my mam out. The place looks great. And I meant it. It looked like it did before my mam got sick. Well, without the hospital beds, smack in the middle of everything. Will we have a spliff? Jesus, I've never had a spliff in here. Oh, there's nothing stopping you now. And she sat down on the couch. On the end where my mam used to sit and rolled a spliff. Where my mam used to sit. She looked around. It's a big enough place. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And all I could think was, You're on my mam's seat rolling a spliff. I don't remember how long after that that she moved in. It kind of just happened. Black plastic bags going out the door, black plastic bags coming in. One night we were sitting up and I was telling her how I was afraid of being on my own. Next night there were jackets, incense, beers in the fridge and music coming out from behind her bedroom door. That door hadn't been closed. Ever. You don't just leave someone after nine years. I'd been
3: daydreaming about leaving for about three. Now I could. Sure, it made it easier Ali had a spare room. But what made it really easy was looking at him smoking with his tinfoil. Rock and roll, you cunt.
1: Tinfoil-loving, brown-smoking, junky shit. The landlord had been down, talking about how much money he could get for it on today's rental market. I told him I'd started a job and promised him his money. I didn't tell Lisa he'd been around, didn't want to bore her with it. What I did want to do was talk about all the sessions she got invited to. She'd get invited and I'd be her plus one. It was a lot of fun. I hadn't done yokes in ages, but Lisa looked like she was having the time of her life and sure, I had to join in. And then there was the coke. Now when she offered, I dove right in. Turn that music up! Get laughing, falling, shouting, everybody out of it, everybody sound. Lisa. Lisa was great. Even better than the after party was the after after party. Back in mine, back in ours. On the couch, spliffs in hand, analysing the whole night. A Couple of times we'd get into bed together, not like in a sexy way, just because we were having the crack.
3: Baldy-headed, junky prick.
1: Yeah, well done on that one, Lisa. What a catch. What a
3: guy. Shut up. At least the only hand I was holding wasn't me ma's. Sorry.
1: Ah, I'm sorry. That's not funny. Shut up. You're all right. No, I'm sorry. You're all right? I'd still prefer to do my ma'am than your fella. Ooh. (laughs) The landlord was like a dog with a bone about the rent. I had to eventually tell Lisa how much we owed. That's a fair chunk of change.
3: Why didn't you say it to me earlier? I was embarrassed. Money's not a problem. Money can be got. I have a credit union I hadn't a poxy credit union I still had some tax from Keith Gave her 1400
1: Here Ah Lisa I'm sorry you had to take it out uh,
3: Sure though Listen Money can always be got Even if I have to sell
1: my ass Well I don't know who you'd sell it to A lot of people have had it for free
3: Oh That was me wiped out I didn't care though I was having the crack and work Every second person had coke And they thought they were great Nodding and winking at me I wouldn't go into the loos with a customer, but they'd no problem pushing little bags into my hands. And I'd no
1: problem in taking them. And my tax. I always took my tax. Working the cloakroom was easy. Just lean out the hatch and watch people enjoying their night. It was like I was born for it. Talking shite with people out of their heads and Lisa. Lisa will be out of her head a lot That DJ's grey Who is it? I don't know I never knew I love that I love that Jesus Steady on Scarface She's out of her head Scarface? Scarface Say hello to my little friend Swinging around She puts a leg up on one of the chairs Humping it Pretending to actually hump a chair The manager This guy called Niall Came up behind her A perfect moment he was the best groomed man I've ever seen. Suit See, with the waistcoat, shiny shoes, shiny hair. He was older than me. He was ancient. He got manicures. 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 Jays' big girl's blousicures. I knew he was into me. He couldn't keep his eyes off her. You're all right, Lisa. She paused mid-chair home.
3: Yeah? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just looking for my little friend.
2: Yeah, you might find him at the bar, with an empty glass in his hand.
3: Lock-ins happen most Saturday nights and into the next day. I loved them. You didn't have to pretend you were working anymore. You
2: should try and keep your shoes
1: on, though. You should shut your gorgeous little mouth. And she kissed me. On the lips.
3: Right, let's get out of this shithole. Back to ours. Who's coming with me? Back to ours? Where was she talking about? My flat? My mum's place? No, no, Lisa! Ah, come on! We're not coming back to Jerry's, cos it's wife's a cunt. Tony, you just play shit techno... Olga? No, no, we're not going back to Olga's. Not till she cleans out that stinking cat litter. You dirty bitch. I am not getting a taxi to Jesus, Lucan. Back to ours, come on.
1: There must have been about 20 people in the flat. I cleared stuff out of their way as quickly as possible. I had to relax. It was just... It was still drugs in my mum's home. My mum's little home.
3: Music blaring, people all jostling and shouting, laughing at each other. Eyes half closed, drinky, 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 smoke smokey, smoky. A little line here and a little line there. Here, what are you doing in there? Get out of the bathroom, people need to go. Do your bleeding drugs out here. Amateurs, let's be having you. Go on, go on, you all You alright, Lisa? It was Niall, the bar manager, the boss. Niall, you uptight prick, you alright? He brought two bottle of bubbly. Nice one, check you out enjoying yourself. Ali, Niall brought bubbles.
1: I got any glasses I could find. Lisa and Niall squeezed onto the couch. Bubbles up! And I watched as she turned into a flirt snake, winding around him on the couch. And I watched as she put out a joint and an ornament of my mam's. Little porcelain boy with the blue hat and carrying a sheep across his shoulders. Time to dance. Music is my music is my music is my.
3: I'm not gonna lie to you. I was pretty impressed with Niall from the off. His suit was class. His skin looked softer than mine. Oh, I loved the way he looked a little bit uncomfortable. A little bit above it all. I bet he hadn't been at a shit house party in years. Somebody offered us yolks. He looked completely disgusted. I was mortified but then he slid his manicured hand inside his suit jacket and took out a little glass vial.
2: It was like something out of a James Bond movie. Do you want to do some lines of that? It's good. Legend.
3: Here, Ali, do some lines of that. It's good. And he was quite happy sitting there with me. I did most of the talking. Told him all about Keith. How he wanted to get out of this poxy country. Me ma and da. Why well, I of everyone in the club. Ali's mad, dying. How I was helping, he was really easy to talk to. I asked him, does he go to parties much? No,
2: I-, I normally take the girls at the weekend.
3: Two little girls, Chloe and Eva. Well, I nearly wet myself. I was just about to ask him all about them when he stands up and puts his beautifully manicured hand out towards me. Now, you have to remember the last fella I was with kept his nail-bitten, filthy paws down the front of his jade's
2: tracksuit bottoms. Come on, I'll go back to mine. Too right, we'll go back to
1: yours. And they left. Ah, 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 music gizma, music gizma, music gizma. The sex is amazing. There's only one thing more boring than someone telling you about the dream they had the night before, and that's someone telling you about the sex they had the night before.
3: No, seriously, like proper amazing. No way. Shut up. What that man can do is cock is something else. I think it must have a bend in it or something, do you know what I mean? And never mind his Jesus tongue. Oh, please. At one stage he was all pulling me hair.
1: Please shut
3: up. A biting me shoulder.
1: Please shut up.
3: And I looked back
1: at him and he winked at me. Oh shut up, shut up, shut up.
3: I think he must have done porn at some stage. The control I am absolutely exhausted. He said he didn't have to go
1: in tonight. I'll give you a hand cleaning up tomorrow. And that was just the start of it. She was never home after that. See you later, chicken. I'd be left at home, sitting in the quiet, thinking to myself, well, now, isn't this nice? Now I have the place to myself. can think about my mam. And I'd sit there in the quiet. But all I could think about was her and what she was doing with him.
3: I loved being in his house, with its little front garden, the exact opposite of the flats. No syringes here. His house was new. He bought it when he split up with the wife wanted a garden for the girls framed photos of the girls everywhere they were gorgeous one blonde and one dark and the stamp of him their little bright faces shiny wet eyes laughing and why wouldn't they with a doll like him the wife was in a few of the photos too I didn't like looking at her she looked sound laughing along with the girls and why wouldn't she with the why did you guys split up? He didn't answer. Photos of them on holidays, playing on the beach. He looked really happy. Sun was shining, sea looked beautiful and why wouldn't he look happy?
1: Every time the phone rang, I thought it was her. I'd jump at it, hoping I'd sound all busy and cheery. It was never her. It was always the landlord. I didn't answer to the landlord. We were nightboards, the two of us only really were now after work. There was the hotel
3: bar and the Indian that would stay serving us till all hours. I loved her. Being on his arm, then going back to his, riding like porn stars and spending the rest of the day in bed. Like get down to the shops in the morning. His little estate was so quiet. The only people you'd see would be little old fellas talking to their little dogs or pairs of old ones speed walking in their spotless trainers. The first time I cooked breakfast for
2: him... I don't normally like it fried. Better to grill sausages. Bollocks, I thought. I'd normally just have toast or some fruit and yoghurt.
3: Yoghurt? I wanted to laugh but thought... Careful now. This is how it's done. He's the one with the real life. If I did little enough and work before, I did absolutely not now. When I was meant to be tidying up for everyone else, I go into him in his office. He'd be cashing up. There was a lock on the inside of his office door, the only real private room in the place. And it made sense to everyone that it would be locked while he was doing the takings. I tell you he was doing more than the takings. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do doing more than the...
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. She'd only come back to grab clean underwear. Hey, what's wrong with you? You look like you've swallowed a wasp. There's nothing wrong with me. Go on, go on back to his gorgeous house and his crooked cock and shag his manicured brains out. Ah, oh, hey, you'd want to check yourself. You're starting to sound like a jealous bitch. Alarm bells went off on my head. Jealous? Was I jealous? Calm down. It's just the rent is due and I don't want to ask you because you're never here. The rent? <laughs> you're freaking out over the
3: poxy rent? I told you not to be worrying about money. Money can be gone.
1: Here. And she gave me the guts of 400 quid. That along with the 280 I had from work and the 1400 from before. Oh, well, that was down to about 900. I kept meaning to lodge it into the landlord's account, but...
3: I got out of my head and work that night. Didn't mean to, but a big London crowd were in. All showing off, and I knew how to work them. Their coke was pretty strong. I could feel the rest of the staff looking at me. I was swaying around, didn't care. Spilt a drink over someone. Ah oh, fuck off! It was a shite suitin' anyways. Niall was over in a flash. Go on, Britzo. Grabbed me by my arm and steered me out with a club and into
1: his car. I could see it all from the cloakroom hatch. He whisked her out of the club. I didn't like the way he was holding her. Looked like it hurt.
3: Back in his place, and just to annoy him, I threw my jacket on the ground and let my bags spill all over the place. I've never met a man as tidy as Niall. There were always new sheets on the bed. A cup would be left down and he'd have it washed. He was forever wiping surfaces, folding tea towels, rinsing poxy sponges. He didn't like me smoking spliffs. I had to stand out the back for that. I watched him pick up my stuff. You're like a little hen. A what? A little hen, clucking around the place, fixing things.
2: I like it tidy.
3: Yeah, that's obvious. But you're worse than a woman. (sighs) OCD or something. Relax. You own the gaff. Let it get into Eversteen. Here, here, look. And I flicked the ash off my joint onto the floor. He just looked at me.
2: I'm going to bed.
3: Oh, go to bed, you granny. I'm only joking you. I sat up drinking and pretended Ali was next to me. Chatted at the space where she would have been for hours. I had a blast out of my little mind.
1: Then I fell asleep, face down on a shiny brown leather couch. Went home after work. She wasn't there. If she loses that job, more missed calls from the landlord. I did outlist the numbers. No matter what, it didn't add up. We were so far behind. Smoked a joint. Smoked too much of it. Thought I was going to vomit. The room was spinning. Lie down on my back. Stop. Stop. I woke up the next day
3: face down on the couch. He hadn't even come down to fix me. No blankets. I was freezing. I rolled a spliff. He came down the stairs all suited and booted. What's the story? Why didn't you put me to bed? He looked absolutely
2: disgusted. I have to go collect the girls. Tidy up and don't be stinking the place out of it with that shit.
3: ''Yeah, yeah, sure. Why don't I go with you? I just need a shower. Then I'm good to go. I'm dying to meet them.'' He stood there staring at me for a long time, looking me up and down.
2: ''Meet them?'' he said. ''Meet them?''
3: (laughs) And he did a mean little
2: laugh. ''You're never going to meet them.''
1: And he walked out. Woke up on the couch, end of a spliff in the ashtray, Three missed calls and four texts from the landlord. Better give him what I had. The guts of 1,600. Nowhere near enough, though. Better than nothing. Keep him happy for a bit. I was wrecked. Put on some music. Have a coffee. Nearly 11. There's plenty of time to get to the bank. Never going to beat them.
3: I started tidying up. I polished the table, washed the glasses, hoovered up the ash on the kitchen floor, even fluffed the Jays' couch cushions. Made sure there was no sign of me being there whatsoever. Lash and rain outside. Hood up, head down. Never going to meet
1: them. Coffee takes a while to drink. Have a little stand over here, stare. Have a little stand over there, stare. Coming up to one. Better wait till after two. Place will be mental. Put on a bit of daytime telly. Roll a little spliff. Raining outside now anyway.
3: I wanted to get a cab, but I'd given all my money for the poxy rent. Stood at the bus stop in front of the cul-de-sac. Rain soaking through, head buried into my chest, water dripping down my nose, head down. It's far from a cul-de-sac you were reared. Water from a passing car splashes me. I didn't even flinch. I deserve it. I don't belong here. Never going to
1: meet them. Nearly half three. What time do the banks close? How long is it going to take me to get to the bank? Am I going to make it there today at all? Am I better off leaving it till tomorrow, maybe... I think they're closed at four Back to the flat Soak them wet
3: Having a good day Mr Marley
1: Yeah sorry yeah I'll open a window I was waiting for you to go to the bank with me I got nervous about carrying around that much money Will you come with me? What do you mean that much money? 1600 I just don't like carrying around You have 1600 quid Yeah but we're still behind We'll still own for this month and next month Which we don't have No listen forget it It's too late now. We'll go tomorrow. We have to hand over three grand for this shithole. She was like a briar. Spent the rest of the evening getting through the leftover booze from the party. Sat rocking in the corner. Do you know what I'm afraid of? No. You know those little tiny
3: old ones? The real old ones. Bent over their trolleys. With their skinny ankles and their dusty fucking tights. Taking half the day to push their trolleys up the street. And you know, there's nothing in the trolley apart from half a pint of Jays' milk. And going to the shop to get the half pint is the only reason they have to leave their flat. And whoever is behind the counter is the only person they speak to all day. And they've no one. And nothing. Apart from their flat. And the milk.
1: The half pint of milk. We have to get out of here. Stepping off the plane in Bombay was like stepping into a dream. The air was thick and heavy with heat, and the smells of the street, the spices, and the exhaust from the cars. The buildings all looked like they were going to crumble down right in front of you. The hanging trees with their grey peering monkeys, and the people all dressed in clothes and fabrics that I'd never seen the likes of before. It wasn't a dream,
3: it was a nightmare. It wasn't spices, it was piss. The monkeys looked like they'd steal the eyes out of your head. And the people didn't look much different. They were in rags and came at us like zombies. India. What the jesus was I doing here? Everything altogether, we have the guts of six grand between us. Pawn some of Ali's man's jewellery, the telly, and the stereo. I made a trip to visit Keith. He was a mess. Feared him out of nearly six hundred. I actually don't think he knew that money was there. I had a couple of good rings. Altogether nearly six grand, eighteen hundred for the flights. Leaves us with about four grand, okay?
1: That has to last us, right? We have to be clever about this. I just couldn't believe we were there together. Me and her. This was bliss. Fuck the landlord, fuck my mum's flat, fuck Dublin. We can last on very little here, okay? Okay? We got the train to Goa and travelled all down the coast. Seeing the slums of the city disappear into farmland and then beautiful palm tree-lined coast. I couldn't believe we were going to be lying on those beaches, swimming in that crystal blue sea. I pushed down the window as far as I could so I could catch the wind and I thought about my mam and how proud she'd be of me. The sun was my mam's beaming smile. The train left Bombay and went through slums for ages. It was
3: disgusting. The stink was unbelievable. I kept my t-shirt pulled up over my nose. it! I prayed we hadn't made the wrong decision.
1: Should have gone to Jays' beat. Goa itself was paradise. Little villages nestled in forests of palm trees that opened up onto endless beaches. We found accommodation right off the train and were taken to this gorgeous little cottage that had a hammock outside it. I jumped right in. I asked her, was there room for two? She didn't answer. Go is full on. Shit, trance music
3: and full of dreadlock crusties, poi juggling. Poi juggling? It's not Jesus juggling at the balls of strings that attach them to your hands. And all the crusties do their little crusty dance. They're all real tanned and in their colourful clothes. We stuck out like sore thumbs, both white as ghosts in our penny summer gear, staring. I hated looking like new arrivals.
1: People looked like they were really having a good time Beaming smiles Yeah they were all high as kites But it was so different to being in a club State of them All people
3: talked about was where else was cheaper How long they'd been travelling How small their rucksack was now And the food The food was awful I couldn't
1: keep it down We went out most nights Watching everyone get out of their heads Get out of our heads Peter's no coke I don't miss it these pills are all right. Yeah, these ones are good. Expensive, but. Yeah, but we're treating ourselves. We're on
3: our holliers. We're not on our holliers, though. Here, do you want some ketamine? Yeah, go on. Ketamine's mad stuff. Horse tranquilizer. Got any Valium? Yeah, I have loads. Great. I'm going to need them for tomorrow.
1: I loved Valium. Loved them. I used to love taking my mums when I'd be panicking that I wasn't doing enough, that her breathing wouldn't calm down or she Wouldn't stop vomiting. When I panicked, I was no good to her. Valium calmed me down so I could function. Sort out the humidifier. Like, calmly next to her so my body could prop her up over the basin. I was happy enough, swinging in my new hammock. Staring out at the sea, valiumed out of my little mind. We couldn't afford the cottage
3: for long. Had to move out, into a hut. Four walls and a roof. That was it. We were meant to buy our own furniture, but just bought two small mattresses instead. And that was it. That was what we were leaving Dublin for. Two mattresses on the floor of a hut. Junkies on the street in Dublin had more than that. Keith was back home,
1: probably still at our flat. The serenity of the place had settled into my bones. I'd started doing guided meditation and some yoga on the beach. The new house, the hut, suited me down to the ground. The less possessions we had, the better, she was very close to growing dreadlocks. Lisa couldn't relax, though. I couldn't relax
3: because we were going through money at a very fast rate. And my periods had stopped. I've done too much drugs and it stopped me period. Happened before. I was sick of looking at Ali in her hammock. I was sick of shitting like a... Like a... a native. I was sick of the he. I was sick of looking at Crusties. I'm going to go off for a couple of nights. What? I'm going to go off for a couple of nights on my own. Oh,
1: OK, cool, was what I said. But what I wanted to say was, please don't go. Just
3: need some space, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Please don't go. I booked into a
3: hotel. we have been staying in shacks, shitholes. I needed tiles. I needed a toilet
1: to sit on, a bath, sheets. She was the only person I knew here, in one of the biggest countries on the planet. She was all I knew. I took another Valium. I did a pregnancy test. I did three pregnancy tests. Flashes
3: of the sneaky shags we had in his office Stupid bitch I've just done too many
1: drugs And it's messed with my system She was all I had And she needed some space From me She needed to get away from me She was all I had and she was gone I lay in my hammock Stared into the night No lights on the beach Millions of stars Jesus I
3: sat wrapped in a towel on the edge of the bed The three tests laid out in front of me Jesus
1: I imagined the face of my beautiful mother Found the stars that traced the outline of her face Her beautiful, shining, smiling face looking down at me Ah, ma'am Ah, mammy You've gone and left me on my own I watched as each test turned positive
3: Pregnant Pregnant Oh, my God
1: Next day I got up and went straight to a bar on the beach An Irish bar I nearly wept when I saw the flag. Gang of paddies all sitting around having a laugh. I went to the bar, ordered a beer, just wanted to sit and listen to them. Twelve hundred quid. That was it.
3: Twelve hundred quid between us were torn flights back to Poxy, Dublin, and twelve hundred quid. What were we gonna do? What the fuck was I gonna do? I've been pregnant the whole time we've been doing yokes and horse tranquilizer. What type of child was I going to give birth to? A child? My child? I went to find Ali.
1: The lads in the bar were sound. You can't beat Dublin wit. The songs were great too.
3: No sign of her swinging in her hammock or on the beach. I checked a few of the bars. Found her in Molly's. Sitting with a gang of sunborn paddies. Singing. Prison walls. Heard a young man call or something. Songs about freedom fighters. Poxy Dublin. Freedom fighters! Freedom fighters! Nobody was fighting for your freedom. Sure, you wouldn't put straight into the laundries, you stupid dyke. And me, along with you, I'm not going back to Dublin. Walk around, pushing a pram in the poxy rain. A single mother sitting in one of the flats. No way. Can't stay here. What, give birth on the beach as everyone watches the sunset?
1: Live in a hut like a prehistoric... Are you all right? She hadn't said much for a couple of days. I was just happy to have her back. She'd only been gone the one night.
3: We've hardly any money left. Yeah, I know. We need to get more money. Yeah, I know. Do you, though? Yeah, look. Money can be got. Oh, can it? She
1: was in real strappy
3: form. There was a gang of people that hung out at one of the reggae bars From England. Dealers. I know a dealer when I see one. They seem to have endless supplies of cash. We're always smoking and drinking, covered in jewellery. I'd sit at the bar and casually join in their conversation every now and again. Not too much, though. Made my presence known, though. After about a week, they were asking me to join them. A week after that, they were telling me, Jesus, practically everything. They were bringing drugs back to Europe any way they could. Swallowing, up their arses, strapped to their waists, whatever. Once you had it on your body and not in a bag, you were golden. Get on the plane and Goa... Where they were more concerned with metal detectors and then straight onto a connecting flight in Bombay, skipping the big searches. Worked every time for them. And none of you have ever been caught. I needed to talk to Ali. Are you out of your fucking mind? Well, what else are we going to do? Go back to Poxy Dublin? Look, this is what I'm doing. Eight grand each we'd get. 16 grand. Jesus, Ali, we could buy a bar in Spain or somewhere for that. Set ourselves up. Come on, Ali, you and
1: me. The automatic doors opened, but we both just stood, not wanting to cross the line. The AC pushed cold air into our sweating faces. We were going to do this. We were going to try and get through three airport security systems with 40,000 euro worth of cocaine sewn into our pants. I started laughing.
3: Would you shut up? This is serious. My head was killing me.
1: Yeah, I know. Sorry, is what I said. What I wanted to say was, I know this is fucking serious. Do you think I spent two days sewing thousands of euros of drugs into my pants for a laugh? Yeah, what a laugh I'm having. And I stopped laughing. It was time to go. My Valium was starting to kick in. About time. I'd taken enough. We're just doing this. Just... Do it. Lisa's all over the shop. Why didn't you get into the Valium? We were going to do it. Going to coast it.
3: We had spent the previous two days cutting it up and putting it into separate little bags and sewing those little bags in rows along the inside of two pairs of pulling pants.
1: You know the type that hold in your belly fat? When we were done, we each had but
3: looked like a black padded nappy to wear.
1: They looked much bulkier than we expected. It's cool. We'll be covered with loose clothes. It will be cool. We're, we're going to do this. Jesus, it was your idea, Lisa. Yeah, I know. OK. OK. And we stood there, just looking at each other. She looked worried. I wished I could help her. All I could think about was
3: my baby. Giving birth to my baby in an Indian jail. It was time to go. I could hear the blood running through my head, pushing and pulling air through my nose. I have to go to the toilet. When well, you mind the bags. You're right? Yeah, just sit on these.
1: Sure, just sit. Try and not look suspicious.
3: And try and not look so suspicious. I'm going to explode. Food poison of the brain. I started to shake. I made it to the bathroom and got to a cubicle. I shook like someone freezing cold. My jaw locked, my eyes bounced. I think I'm having a heart attack, a stroke. I hugged myself to hold in the shakes, breathe. Nose, mouth, breathe. Nose, mouth, breathe. Nose, mouth. I can't do it. Breathe. Nose, mouth, breathe. Nose, mouth, breathe. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I am not doing this. My eyes are about to explode. No way. I started to fumble at my buttons. Open in my clothes. My face became full of wet and snot, and I couldn't keep from gasping. Don't let them hear you. Don't let them hear you. I took off my skirt, pulled down the keeping pants and stuff, the whole lot, all of the wrapped parcels of drugs into a sanitary disposal bin next to me. They fell with a thud into the mess other women had left behind, where they belonged. Let the cleaner just think it was someone with filthy pants. Happens all the time. Nobody's gonna check the fucking pants. It's done. It's gone. Ali. Ali. We get there. We don't get caught. I take Ali's lot and I'll pad it out. Glucose or Andrews or whatever. I can figure that out on the plane. Okay. Okay, it's done. Okay. I wondered how different I looked. Did I look like I just stuffed thousands of euro worth of cocaine into a bin? I concentrated on being serious. This was serious. Ali can't know. No. She has to chance it. We can't afford to not do it at all. She'd do the same if I told her what I'd done. Then we'd be royally screwed. No drugs at all. No. That can't happen. Come on.
1: She looked a bit better.
3: Thought I was gonna be sick. Drank some water. You're okay. You're grand. Okay. Come on. We started walking. After a few steps, she touched my arm. I turned. Are you sure? What? Are you sure? I mean, about doing this. Listen. If you do this, you do it for yourself. It's not about me or what I'm doing. No,
1: but just you know. You think this is the right thing for us to do? That's not fair. You make your own. Yeah. No. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yes, sorry, come on. And we walked. It was like watching TV. Tiled floor, plastic walls, lights. My legs were sweating. I could feel the sweat drip down my thighs, a pool of water at the base of my spine dripping down. I imagined the sweat mixing with the drugs and causing a foam. Cocaine mousse expanding around me. A bubble bath for me to slide around on and into the arms of security. I looked at everyone's face and wondered if mine was the same. Bored, irritated, relaxed. I wondered, was I actually standing there with my face like that painting the scream? And didn't know. Too valiumed up to know. I walked ahead, got to security. A woman with
3: glasses at the end of her nose flicked her eyes over the screen as each plastic tray went through. A big bellied security guard with a handheld detector stood scratching his chins on the other side of the metal detector arch. And another young woman with a new uniform stood with her arms swinging, hands in blue plastic gloves.
1: Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, was the Valium wearing off? If I went up to security and they found the coke, I would be arrested and thrown in an Indian jail for years. The people in security are paid to find drugs on me. They are professionals. I am not a professional drug smuggler. Why am I trying to get drugs past professional drug smuggling catchers? I slowed my pace. The security woman with the blue gloves flicked her eyes over to me. She looked at me right in the eyes just for a second then flicked back to Lisa then back to me even though I
3: knew I had triple checked that I had no metal on me I was petrified I'd forgotten something I walked through the detector it didn't beep nobody was looking at me I walked past a security woman she would have been the one to pat down my clothes she wasn't even looking at me I would have gotten past her I would have walked straight past her with thousands of euro worth of cocaine wrapped up in my special drug mule pants she wouldn't have checked me She wasn't
1: even looking at me, past me.
3: What was she looking at?
1: Lisa was through. She glanced back just for a sec but kept on walking. Okay, this was happening. I poured out my change into the tray, took off my belt, my shoes, shoulder bag, phone, ticket, passport, all in the tray. Indian woman's eyes scanned over her screen. No worries, lady, nothing there. I walked through the metal detector arch. No alarm. Excellent. Went to collect my tray. The woman with the blue gloves stood up. Why was she standing up? She was coming towards me. Why was she coming towards me? I looked behind me. There was no one there. She didn't go towards Lisa at that time. Why was she coming towards me?
3: Excuse me, ma'am. Can you stand here, please? Please place your arms out like this. Why? What's the problem? No problem, ma'am.
1: My arms moved up. I know, because I watched them. She felt along the back of my neck, across my shoulders, down each of my arms and down my back. She stalled for a bit at my belly... She ran over the tops of my thighs. She slowed. She ran her hands up to the back of my waistband and up the small of my back. She moved to the front again and around my thighs, her gliding hands more pressing now. She stopped and went over to the male security guard. I went to get my tray and started putting on my belt.
3: Excuse me, ma'am. Please stop what you are doing. I have reason to believe you are concealing something on your person. I will ask you to come with me to an inspection office
1: so I can perform a strip search. There, it was said a strip search. I kept going, trying to put my belt on, a strip search. I'm going to miss my flight. I have a connecting flight to catch. I don't really have time. Another female security and a guy one appeared out of nowhere. They formed a circle around me and without saying anything brought me down a corridor to an office. I was handed a piece of paper to sign and the two men left. The two women just stared at me. All of your clothes please. Even my knickers. All of your clothes, please. I really can't understand what the problem is. All of your clothes, please. Is this absolutely necessary? I mean, am I meant to ring like a lawyer or something? This is just standard airport security procedure.
3: I kept trundling down the corridor. I kept looking around, but she never appeared. Not my problem. Keep going. The doorway of the plane was up ahead. Where was she? A smiling stewardess greeted me and pointed me to the back of the plane. I found my seat and put my bag into the overhead compartments. There was an empty seat beside me. Where the hell was she? I looked around the plane. Nobody was interested in me. Sweating buckets. Where the fuck was she?
1: I started taking off my shoes and going as slowly as possible. Stalling tactics. They were patient though. They examined every piece of clothing as I took it off. Shit, she wasn't coming. I got down to my bra and the pants. A bell was going to go off or an announcement was going to be made and they were going to rush out of the room and I would be free to go. Run onto the plane. Oh my god. I pulled down the special pants, revealed a pair of regular blue knickers underneath. The special pants hit the floor and stayed in their nappy shape. Oh my god. They practically banged heads trying to pick it up. One of them brought it over to the table and they turned it over in their hands. Oh my god. One of them left the room. The other started to pick at the stitching with a blade. I sat down.
3: Oh my god.
1: The other female guard rushed back in with two men and another woman. They all talked excitedly to each other. I couldn't understand what they were saying. I need to go. She pulled the pants apart to reveal the lines of cocaine pouches. They all started to talk very loudly. One of them broke away and looked through my papers. He went to the phone on the wall.
3: I need to go. Come on. Come on. Shut the door. Shut the door.
1: Shut the door. As her colleagues looked on, she began to assemble all the coke into a pile. It looked like loads. Shut the
3: door. Stewart started to do a head count. I was leaving. It was okay, I was going to Amsterdam, me and my baby. The phone rang in the steward's area.
1: Where's Lisa? I hope she's made it. I'm gonna need that money to get me out of here. The stewardess talked into the phone, looked at her passengers, checked a list she had in her hands,
3: looked straight at me and kept looking at me. She hung up the phone and came down to stand next to my
1: chair. They continued to ignore me, sitting there in my pants. They were delighted with themselves and started taking photos of the pile with their phones. Three security guards got onto the plane.
3: Shit. They came down to where I was seated.
2: Shit. Lisa Rehilly? Yeah? Come with us, please.
3: I can't. I have a connecting flight. What is this? Oh, my God.
2: You will not be taking this flight today.
3: One of them started to undo my belt. Okay, okay, I can do that myself. Jesus.
1: I don't believe this. One of them held me under my arm and we walked off the plane. Caught. Caught smuggling drugs. My man would have killed me. I tried to make myself as small as possible in the plastic chair. Tried to disappear.
3: I was escorted off the plane, escorted. He kept his grip under my arm and marched me down corridors to a room with a small table and two chairs. I met Alison on the plane on the way over. We, we kept bumping into each other. I met her in Goa, then in Hampi, then in Bangalore. We seem to be on the same trail.
1: It happens all the time. We met a few times We weren't travelling together What's this got to do with her? They must have caught her too I wondered how she was holding up There's traces of coke
3: because she's a user She was out of her head in the hostel Was doing some sort of
1: drug Some white powder and spilt I don't remember the name of the hostel I need to talk to a lawyer There's nothing on me No, there's nobody I need to call I need a lawyer at the embassy And there's nothing in me? I don't understand Can you speak slower? You have absolutely no right now to keep me here suspicious or not one of them told me how serious it was I was looking at 15 years in an Indian jail
3: the x-ray came up clear so I just played the waiting game it suited me the longer they kept me here the less chance one of the English crowd would be watching in departures the more chance I had of just slipping out the door and disappearing into Bombay streets figure out how I'm going to get out later or if they put me on a flight to Amsterdam I had the chance of not being spotted there and just blending in with other tourists. Once I was out of the airport, I'd be fine.
1: All I wanted was to see Lisa, see how she was. I hope she was holding up okay. Maybe they'd put us in the same cell. We were caught. Caught. I needed to talk to her. What were we going to do? She'd know. I needed her. After hours of watching them
3: talk about me, they let me go. I even apologised. And said I could get on the plane to Amsterdam the next day. There was a room in a nearby hotel booked in my name. They handed me my bags and I was free. The relief of knowing I'd made the right choice was unbelievable. There was nothing I could do about Ali. Nothing. She'd made her own choice. Nobody forced her. There's nothing I can do. I have to go. It's time for something new. Something clean. There's nothing I can
1: do. It was calmer than I thought. Then again, I had taken a barrel full of Valerie's. It was out of my hands. There was nothing I could do. Just sit and wait. I'd spent a lifetime sitting and waiting. I'd sat waiting to see if my mam's breathing was going to change. I'd sat waiting on her to swallow her baby food. I'd sat and watched her eyes water and waited for them to overflow down her face so I could wipe them. I'd sat and waited for the nurse to finish. I'd sat and waited for the funeral guys to lift her into her coffin and I'd sat and waited while they carried her down all the stairs I'd sat and waited for Lisa to finish talking to other people sat and waited for her to come home sat and waited to get high and sat and waited to come down I'd sat and waited for the sun to set and then for the sun to rise Lisa wasn't good at sitting and waiting she'd be going mental banging off the walls I'll be able to calm her down, though. Mind her. We'd sit and wait this one out.
2: Together.
0: We've been listening to Wrapped by Tracy Martin. Avine McCann was Lisa and Tracy Martin played Ali. The parts of Niall and Keith were played by Joe Taylor. Sound and music supervision was by Damien Chanel. Special thanks to Andrea Cleary. Wrapped by Tracy Martin was commissioned and filmed as part of RTE's Storyland 2023 series and the filmed version can be seen on the RTE player. Wrapped by Tracy Martin, a finalist for Best European Drama in the 2019 BBC Audio Drama Awards, was produced by Kevin Reynolds.
2: Drama on one.
0: Sundays at 8 p.m.
3: RTA.ia forward slash on one. Drama on one.